Our first passage today is from the 21st chapter of Numbers, starting at verse 5. This is when the people of Israel have been freed from slavery and are in the wilderness. The people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent poisonous serpents among the people, and they bit the people, so that many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord and take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a poisonous serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten shall look at it and live. So Moses made a serpent of bronze and put it up on a pole, and whenever a serpent bit someone, that person would look at the serpent of bronze and live. Our New Testament lesson is from the Gospel of John, chapter 3. Starting at verse 11. Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen. Yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light, and in your truth we may find freedom, and in your will discover your peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So whether you have come as a UVA alum or not, each of you is to be applauded for coming to, and at least staying thus far in, a worship sermon, a worship service whose sermon has in its title the word serpent. The serpent is not the most inviting of creatures. In the story of creation, the serpent appears as the one creature congenitally disposed to disobey God, twisting the truth and leading the man and the woman to exceed the limits God has set upon them, and thus initiate in what we call in Christian theology the fall from which God has been about the business of redeeming us ever since. When, as part of that effort of redemption, the people of Israel complain, on the one hand, about the scarcity of food in the wilderness, into which they have just been freed from slavery, 
and on the other hand, about the quality of food provided, a seeming contradiction, though I suppose no one ever said complaining had to be consistent or or coherent. God responds with a plague of serpents that takes the lives of many of the complainers. Later in the New Testament, Jesus reserves some of his harshest language for Pharisees, whom he calls a brood of vipers, a brood of serpents. And yet the rap serpents receive is not always disreputable. Jesus advises his disciples to be innocent as doves and wise as serpents. In various cultures and religions, serpents are symbols for fertility and rebirth, for guardianship of temples and sacred spaces, and for medicinal healing. In fact, the first staff of the Greek Greek physician Asclepius, the god of medicine and healing, is a symbol of modern medicine, a staff with a serpent wrapped around it. The serpent is the final of five symbols we've been considering in sermons during Lent this year, each of which has been associated with the cross of Christ. They've included sacrifice, scapegoating, deliverance, tree, and now serpent. As in history and mythology, the association of serpents with the cross of Christ is a mixed bag. It is drawn from a story in the Old Testament book of Numbers that we read earlier. God has led the people of Israel out of slavery into the wilderness. The people complain about not having enough food and about the less than gourmet quality of the food they do have. God responds by sending deadly serpents who bite Israelites and lead many of them to die Not the most worship-worthy moment we see of God, but also not out of character for the human way that God is often portrayed in the Bible. In desperation, the people turn to their leader Moses, who prays on their behalf. God relents. God changes his mind and instructs Moses to place a serpent of bronze high atop a pole, lifted in the midst of the community. And he calls those who have been bitten to turn and look at the serpent of bronze. Much as we might salute a flag being raised on the top of a flagpole in front of an elementary school. By looking at the bronze serpent, God promises Those who have been bitten will be healed. And so they are. In the New Testament, Jesus draws on this strange and macabre story in speaking with his disciples about his own impending fate. He says, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. Just as in the Old Testament, turning and looking at the serpent atop the pole provides life for the Israelites, so also in the New Testament, 
turning and believing in the lifted upness of Christ in crucifixion, in resurrection, in ascension, provides life for all those who believe, life which begins here and now on earth and continues after our death. Hence, the final association in this sermon series by which we construe the cross is an association of healing, life, salvation. Christ is lifted up on the cross. The bronze serpent is lifted up on a pole. But to focus simply on the cross as healing can obscure a truth that is an important element of the healing in this text to which the cross points. The important truth is this. When in the wilderness the Israelites are told to look at the snake, they are being told to look at that which is specifically and particularly threatening to them as individuals and as a community. They are being told to look at that which has taken the lives of their family members and friends, to look at that which has infected all they know and cherish. In other words, they are, they are to turn and face the source of their fear and anxiety, to face the source of their grievance, to face whatever contribution it is that they have made to their condition, whatever sin they have borne, whatever mistake they have made, and to face their fundamental lack of trust that God will provide for them in the wilderness. In turning to face the source of their situation, they must do what is hard for all of us to do, to look honestly at that which we have done or at that which has been done to us. Likewise, in turning our gaze to Christ, lifted up on the cross, we turn to face what may be blocking us from recognizing and accepting the gifts God has offered us. And therefore, what may be blocking us from becoming fully the redeemed human beings that Christ has come to redeem and has led us to be. There is indeed beauty in the idea that the cross of Christ is a place for which we can turn for healing, for healing of the deepest and most personal wounds with which serpents have inflicted our family, our bodies, our minds, our souls, our relationships, our work, our nation, our world. But there is also something profound in the idea that God calls us to bear responsibility for having the courage to face these serpents, even and especially when they reside within us. In turning to Christ for healing, we must face the source of the disease. Everyone who is bitten shall look. This 
looking at a serpent is not an easy gaze to acquire. It is not an easy act to practice or cultivate. One of the spirituals that we have not sung during this season of Lent describes the loneliness of what Jesus faced. The loneliness of what we may face in looking at the bronze serpent, in looking at the source of our poison, even when that look promises healing. Jesus walked this lonesome valley, says the spiritual. He had to walk it by himself. Oh, nobody could walk it for him. He had to walk it by himself. We must walk this lonesome valley. We have to walk it by ourselves. Nobody else can walk it for us. We have to walk it by ourselves. Looking at the bronze serpent, looking at the source of our pain, our illness, our troubles, our sadness, is a highly personalized and individualized activity. Only we know what has bitten us. Only we know the source of poison running through our veins. We might not know every kind of snake that has bitten us, nor every time and place we have been bitten, but we know enough to know that if we are willing to take a hard look at the serpent, the extent and location of the poison will become clearer to us. In 1530, the great biblical translator William Tyndale wrote of the scripture to which he gave his life and lost it, translating that we are to apply the medicine of the scripture each to our own source. Looking at the bronze serpent, looking at the cross of Jesus Christ is highly individualized. It is highly personalized. Nobody can look at it for us. We ultimately have to look at it ourselves. But while our looking is lonely and individual, look we must for healing, for hope, for future, for promise, for salvation. The last line of each of our passages reads respectively, the person, that person would look at the serpent of bronze and live. The son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. The final word in each passage we read today is life. Rilke described the artist as a being with no shell, open to pain, tormented by light, shaken by every sound. But it is the vulnerability of the artist that leads the artist to be able to create. The person who looks 
at the bronze serpent will live. Of this passage in the Bible, biblical scholar Aviva Zornberg writes, Conscious vulnerability is part of the movement to freedom. When we look at the bronze serpent, when we look at the cross of Christ, we are a being with no shell. We are a person of conscious vulnerability. We are one who walks that lonely valley by ourselves. But by looking, we become part of the movement to freedom. By looking, we become part of the movement to life. By looking, we become part of the movement into our eternity with the Holy One. Look at the serpent of bronze. Look at the cross of Christ and live. Amen.